0: So when Tony said we need to be able to honor the emotional emoting of our significant other, it doesn't matter if we agree with it, don't fix it. But, like, be there. Okay, so, like, I want to let that land for a second. Like, right as I said, I'm like, gosh, I have, to, I have to work on that. I have to do And then, so that's very powerful. And then carry that awareness of there are times when you're at your best, and there's times when you're not at your best. And make sure you give your spouse some of that best
1: time. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes special guests join in. Today, Pastor Daniel and Billy are joined by Tony and Carrie Newhoff, who talk about a time of major struggle in their marriage and in Carrie's career. They share that not dismissing each other's emotions and managing their time and energy differently have played a huge part in helping them get to a healthier place. Now, here's Pastor Daniel, Billy, special guests Tony and Carrie Newhoff on the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Jesus is real.
2: Go before Jesus and try to absorb the light of Christ. Whatever Christ would illuminate in you, take off, make the effort to take off those victim story glasses and just answer the question of what Part am I playing in this, even if it's a small part? I don't even want to argue over the numbers. Like, I don't care whether it's 5%, 20%, 40%, whatever. I don't care. What is that one part that Jesus shows you that you can actually take action on? And in the process— You don't even have to worry about where this leads in your marriage necessarily right now at this moment. It can just be, how can I become a more loving version of myself by addressing this one thing that Jesus would show me?
0: Well, and both of you are talking about these ideas of there's habits. There's habits in how we process what goes on in our marriages. There's habits on how we get at the work that we're doing. And so can you speak a little bit about The habit of like, like you said, like, what do I bring to the table? Is there other of those habits? Because I think we live in such an immediate culture that like a marriage doesn't hit a really rough patch necessarily in one day. There's things yet, you know. You're sweeping things under the rug, and eventually start tripping over the rug. Or, or sometimes in one bad, dumb, really horrible experience, somebody does something that's so horrendous that just really goes to town on it. And I think in the same way with Carrie, with the discussion of burnout and 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 really being at your best, you know, really uh, in that green light zone where you, you're energized, you're finding your passion, and all those things. There are necessary habits that we have to develop. We have to find those bad habits and, and and say, so what are some of those for you, whether it be in your marriage or in vocational life that you're like, these are some of the, the key habits that have really uh, paid great dividends by focusing on.
2: Mm, that is such a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. I would think one of the main habits in, in marriage I want to highlight is just sort of skipping over, ignoring, dismissing your spouse's emotions. So for example, uh, when your spouse is emoting over maybe a meeting, you know, a a meeting at work that didn't go well, um, they're venting we can easily jump right into problem solving mode or, you know, say something like, oh, well, you feel that way. You shouldn't feel like that. And, and meanwhile, that it's so true that if you can identify or even just validate each other's emotions and let it be okay for us to have the emotions we have, uh, it, it builds a stronger connection. So, even just noticing whether or not you do that and how you're responding to your spouse's emotions um, can make such a huge difference in how close you feel to each other because you have to have that sense of emotional safety I think Uh, from
3: my perspective, probably a big part of it is how you manage your energy. And you hinted at that, you know, green zone, red zone, yellow zone, which I write about in At Your Best. So what I began to realize when, you know, our burnout and the low point, my personal burnout and the low point of our marriage were pretty much at the same time. They were around the same year. It was that season together. And I've spent 15 years sort of building out of that season. And what I noticed is you have 24 equal hours in the day but they don't all feel equal or produce equally. So I'm a morning person. And uh, this gets around to some new habits that really helped make me healthy and I think really helped our marriage. So old me, pre-burnout, when our marriage was struggling, I would leave it all on the field at work, which was the church. So it's a good thing. And then come home and basically expect to be served. I was out of energy. I was (laughs) tired. You kind of come home. It's like, is dinner ready? It's like, no, the kids are crazy. I'm like, okay, I quit, right? So you don't, you, like I had, I had all this energy that I was pouring into work, but I wasn't pouring that into our marriage. I wasn't pouring that into, you know, parenting sometimes, but I was just too tired at the end of the day. So I started to rethink my energy. And what I've started to do is divide my day. And this is what I encourage people to do into three zones, green, yellow, red green zone is about three to five hours that most of us have every day where we're at our best. So for me, it's morning. I'm a morning person. I don't know. Are you a night owl, Billy, Daniel? What, what about you guys night owl? I'm,
4: I'm kind of both. Like I can do well in the morning. I, but I also will go back at night, but I don't know that it's optimal that I go back at night to do work. Okay.
3: You know what I'm saying? So, so I don't mind it. Great. How about you, Daniel? Um, I can't do that. That's incredible. <laughs> good for you what are you morning evening midday
0: yeah so i'm 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 pretty much an all day to the wall person so i'm i'm like when Billy.
3: tired when do you get tired
0: so i was a kid when i was growing up that they would find me in the corner of a of a room sleeping so I, like my my youngest my 7 year old is is like me as a little person and she goes hard all day and then she's just out like it's like she's got an like you on you off put your
4: head down Yeah, on she's got an on off
0: real. and that's it and so I'm in that I'm in that place too, and and you're I don't. Place I, I when when Billy you're and you it's not healthy like At though.
3: night, or in the morning, or afternoon?
0: Yeah, so I get I get tired at about eleven o'clock at night, and and I get up at five wow. in the morning. So, but like okay. it's, but I'm just gonna say it out loud for Billy and I. We are not healthy. This is not this, okay, is, not it's good. Not this not good is not good.
3: It's not good. For human beings. It's um, not good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was me before I burned out, right? Tony, I almost didn't have an off switch. <laughs> mm-hmm. What I've realized now is my energy, because time management gets you to some level, but I have focused a lot on energy management over the last 15 years, which has 10x my productivity. It made me a better human to live with. And what I find is for most of us, and you can look at Cal Newport's work, Claire Diaz-Ortiz, other researchers, three to five hours, A day of top productivity. So if you're writing a message, if you're a preacher, if you're writing a book like I am, you can't write a book 18 hours a day. The ideas don't flow. So for me, it's the morning and Daniel Pink in his book, When, says like something like 16% of the population are morning people. And then you got night owls. So you got a bunch of people who are night owls. And then the majority of the population is somewhere between 10 and four, they peak in the day where it's like early afternoons are really great for me. But think green, yellow, red. So green, my green zone hours are in the morning from about 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then red zone for me, when I get really tired, about four o'clock, four to six, I'm like, I either need to exercise or have a nap, one of the two. Or you're sitting in a meeting going, somebody feed me more caffeine. And most of us can relate to that, right? It's like, And if you notice that, these are regular patterns. And then yellow zone is everything in between. So what I've started doing is I've started using my green zone to do what I'm best at. So that's where I'll have my devotion time in the morning. I used to have it at night. I had eight-hour prayers. I'd start praying. I'd wake up eight hours later. Then you say amen, right? First thing in the morning. So that wasn't very good. So now, now I do that. And then what I noticed is I need to bring Tony some of my best hours on a day off, not my worst hours. So if I do all my odd jobs on a Saturday morning, get the lawn cut, get the cars washed, get whatever needs to be done, done. And then Tony's like, let's hang out. Usually by three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm tired. So why don't I give her some of my best energy? And so when I started managing my energy, not just my time, that's when my personal productivity soared and I became a lot better rested because I'm at my most kind when I have the most margin and it created margin in my life. So I think that's been a huge part of the turnaround personally and relationally, as well as vocationally, where it's just, proved to be far more than I ever would have imagined.
0: Well, I hope right now that everyone who's listening to this, like, I'm just going to like stop for a second and say what Tony and Carrie just shared is like, we all felt convicted in different ways when we (laughs) heard that. So when Tony said we need to be able to honor the emotional emoting of our significant other, it doesn't matter if we agree with it, don't fix it, but like be there. Okay. So like, I want to let that land for a second. Like, Right as I said, I'm like, gosh, I have to, I have to work on that. I have to do. And then, so that's very powerful. And then carry that awareness of there are times when you're at your best and there's times when you're not at your best and make sure you give your spouse some of that best time. It's like, I just imagine if each one of us were just to grab the whole, like, if that's all you hear from this, all that we've talked about, we're talking about today, right there, there is so much there to, cause I think what we have a tendency to do and, and, you know, Carrie said it that like from our work, we give our work the best time and we come home and we have nothing left for our families. You know, and, and then it's like, and so they get they get the the gruff edge, the you always said, I'm the I'm the most kind, Carrie, when we when I have the most margin. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys listen who are listening or watch this. This well, is powerful
3: think about it financially, right? If you're like, hey, Carrie, can you give me $100? And all I have is $86. I'm annoyed. I'm like, Oh, how do I? How do I? I don't know. I don't I don't have any if I have $1,000. And you're like, Carrie, can I have 100? It's a very different conversation. Financially, when you get hit up, and you're broke, it's a really hard conversation. Now, there are rich, stingy people, too. But if I'm exhausted, and I come home, and I'm just tired, And the kids want to play and Tony wants something for me. And she's like, I had a bad day. Can you take dinner? I got nothing left in the tank. And so when I start managing not just my time, but my energy, that's when I became much better at what I do. And if we've got, our kids are in their 20s now, but if they're coming home, I am like ready and on for them. When we have date night, I show up for date night when we have a day together we're going to go hiking on saturday you know i don't want to be dragging myself through the woods i want to be present and engaged with tony and i i didn't get that for the first decade when i was in leadership because i left it all on the field at work and that's true whether you work at a church or in a company or you run your own thing a lot of us we just we it, you know what if and and you get more respect at work right when you get home it's like take out the trash at work you 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 get a little more respect so yeah, there's all those dynamics at play.
4: So what do you do if, and I I don't even want to ask the question because I know I'm going to get an answer that I I know is the right thing, but what if you can't fit it all into the five, four, three to five hours, right? If you have so many things you need to be productive at or that you've signed yourself up for to be productive at, because I think this is where people kind of find themselves sometimes. Well, I have to be really good at these five things that are you know more than three to five hours. How do you do that? What do you need to do then?
3: Yeah. So that is a great question. And here's the answer I would give you to that. You're probably not great at five things. You're probably good at one. And what you need to do is you need to figure out, there's like a Venn diagram of what are you gifted in? What are you passionate about? What gets rewards? So if you look at the Pareto principle, about 20% of your effort produces 80% of your results. So I do a podcast as well. If I prep well for my guests, I do a really good show. I outsource all the production, all the podcast management, the show notes, the whole deal. I still read the show notes to make sure they're fine, you know, but like what what do I bring to that podcast? I bring a full focused mind, great questions, I'm energetic, I'm listening to what's happening. That's my contribution to it. Now, what I find is when the podcast goes well, cuz this is what I do full time these days, the company goes well. If I start to let that slide, let's say I start doing podcast interviews in my red zone, or I start paying attention to the strategy of the show when I'm tired and I keep, can't keep my eyes open, and during my green zone when I'm at my best, I'm doing other things, I, I lose. When I, if I try to write the book when I'm tired at 7 o'clock at night, I'm a much better writer at 7 o'clock in the morning. So a couple of things happen. Number one, you're going to get way better at what you do. And if you're choosing the right things to do in your green zone, that is going to bring you exponential results. So when I become a much better writer, and I have sweated over this book, like eight drafts, the final, final one went in, right? Now it's going to be typeset, the whole deal. But I have sweated over that. When on date night, like when I'm thoughtful, we had a, because we're in lockdown while we record this, fake night date light last night. So made a really nice steak really nice meal, a little fire in the backyard, rather than, oh, I'm so tired from the day. So what you got to do is you got to focus your most important activities in. And guess what? I'll answer my email when I'm tired. That's fine. I can do that at four o'clock in the afternoon. So if you can leverage those three to five productive hours in a day, the rest of the stuff kind of works itself out and just stop doing the stuff you're not good at. So good. good. That's a good
0: answer. It's a great, and, and Billy, you're definitely good at TikTok, so that's one. Of you, that's the one thing you're <laughs> <at>. That's one <laughs> I should let go.
4: That's one of the <laughs> things I need to say goodbye to. Yeah, exactly.
3: You made so, so, me think, I think I have a
0: TikTok account. I think oh, I do.
4: I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> never that's how one. I feel. I think I have one too, and I'm not uh-huh. good at it.
0: Okay, so here's my question. And and I know we, we we only have a few more minutes together, but the different seasons of life have different inherent stressors within it. So it sounds like from, from, as we're talking about, like the heat of the marital struggle that led to the step out of it coincided with Carrie, you're doing, you're pastoring and your kids are younger. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think for a lot, you know, Billy and I are in that, in that category where it's like the kids are younger and it feels almost like, like life is like a game of whack-a-mole except you're the mole and everything's just hitting you on the head all day long where it's like, you know, there's the kids are young, they're going in 500 directions and you don't have a lot like margin for a young family is very hard to come by, you know, which is, I think is like you said earlier, like the the gift, if we can talk about it in these terms of COVID and quarantines, was it actually like it slowed everything down. You know, where it's like if if we are allowed to use that type of language for a global pandemic, it's like all of a sudden families got to stop and be together without running to sports, running to this, running to that. And obviously, for some people, that was a huge issue. But like talk a little bit about the different – like that season where – because I wonder if some of the – you know obviously, the marriage issues become work issues, the stresses of having kids become – Stresses in the marriage, which becomes so it's all integrated as opposed to being compartmentalized. So, can you talk a little bit about the how, how for people who feel like, man, I'm in that season where even if I try and clear the decks just with marriage and family and one or two careers, depending on if it's a one or two career family, that's already, I'm already overloaded.
2: I, I think if your marriage is struggling right now and, and you have young kids it seems like being able to clear your calendar enough to really focus on what's going on in your marriage dynamics, you know, even that step can feel like it's just too much. Like I don't have the time, energy or resources for this. And what I would encourage anyone who's feeling like that to do is just to push back against that assumption, push back against those perceived barriers, um, because whatever you can do to Breakthrough, you know, to gain some more self awareness, to shed some more light on what dynamics are going on under the marriage struggle. That is going to pay like ten x dividends in terms of the total picture of your life. Um, Because let's face it, unresolved conflict takes drains energy. Uh, Unforgiven grievances drain energy and joy, and and so making that investment now is going to be way more valuable than you think.
3: Yeah, all that. And I would say the, the single bottom line that I keep coming back to in my life and also in At Your Best is simply this, live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow. And you're right. Life is different. Our kids are 20s. They're on their own. They're not living at home. They're financially independent. We're in a different season of life. But here's the reality. We all get 168 hours in a week and 24 hours in a day. And there are people who are in exactly your situation and some are doing better, some are doing worse. I used to use the excuse all the time of, I don't have the time for that. And again, 15 years ago, I stopped saying that because I actually do have the time. Like if for some reason we found out that in our 50s we're pregnant with triplets, we would have to deal with that. Nobody's giving us, I hope we don't find that out at this stage, but you know, <laughs> nobody's giving us an extra day a week to handle with that, right? So so what you have to do, you have to figure out whatever season you're at. Like when I was in my 30s with young kids, if there was podcasting, which there wasn't 15 years ago, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done a podcast because I didn't have time. I didn't write my first book until my kids were in their 40s. Until my kids were in their 40s. No, sorry. I was (laughs) in my 40s. I I didn't because I, I was running kids to hockey and baseball and music lessons and the whole deal. So there are things you have to crowd out of your life and just say, not yet, not yet. Now, I've run a lot of people through the At Your Best training. I hear all the time from young moms who are like nursing newborns and writing books. I'm like, okay, great. That strategy worked for you. But the key is, what do you need to do spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, and physically to live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow? Physical could be go do some exercise, go for a walk in the park, uh, buy a bike, go riding, um, get some sleep, go to bed early tonight. You know, if you're tired, go to bed early. Uh, financially, get a bit of margin, emotionally, go see a counselor, relationally, spend some time with some life-giving people. And what do you need to do spiritually? Spend some time with God. And then the things you choose to do, the things you choose to allow into your calendar, do them with passion, like be very selective. But when we have a date night, be fully there. If you're going to play with your kids, be fully present. If you're going to write a book, go for it. If you're going to get together with friends for dinner, do it. If you're going to take on a new job, put your heart into it. But I spend most of my days saying no. And what that does is it means that my yes counts and that I've got the rhythm. Like, you know, today, this is the last thing on the calendar today. I'm going to go pick up some things for the garden going to have a dinner, go for a bike ride. Why? Because I know those are the things that will help me thrive tomorrow. So live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow and do that for the season of life you're in. And this has been so rich
0: and I know that we're just scratching the surface. So, so Tony, where can people find you find before you split uh, your podcast? If people are like, Hey, I, I, I want to hear more. from them, I know they do. Where do they find you on the interwebs on the the world of the digital community and all those type of things?
2: Probably the best place to start is my website, tonynewhoff.com. You might need the spelling. If you look up before you split, you'll get the spelling. (laughs) And uh, I'm on um, social platforms under my own name. And also smartfamilypodcast.com is uh, where to find all things our podcast um, to help people love being home.
3: Yeah, for me, um, uh, Carrie Newhoff's a gateway. But for the book, we got a lot of like special things, downloads, freebies, all that stuff. Go to atyourbesttoday.com. That's atyourbesttoday.com, which is easy to spell, or newhoff.com. You'll, you'll find it there, and it's available. And support an independent bookseller. Go say, hey, I want to pick up Before You Split or At Your Best um, from an independent bookseller. That'd be really cool. So good. And, and Billy, where do people find you on TikTok, buddy?
2: <laughs> oh, well,
4: if you want to be very bored and see some strange videos, my, my best video, just so everybody knows, the one that had the most views was me during the quarantine. It's embarrassing even saying this, wiping things down with a wet wipe, like when we were getting groceries, when we all thought that's what you had to do. <laughs> we all did that so that's my, that is my number one video, but it's just at Billy
0: Hollowell on TikTok. Well, just so you know, Billy, that sounds really edifying.
3: Jesus is real.
1: No matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter how hard things may be, God is there. He sees you, and He can change things. That's exactly what you heard in today's conversation. The Neuhoffs planted some different seeds because they wanted a different outcome. They invited God into their struggles, and He helped them turn the corner. You learned that noticing and honoring each other's emotions and changing how they spent their time and energy was an important part of this process.
3: Thanks for joining Pastor Daniel Fusco for the Crazy Happy Podcast. Each week, Pastor Daniel is joined by journalist and author Billy Halliwell to discuss relevant topics, interview guests, and share the hope of the gospel message. If you'd like more information about this podcast, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified each time we post a new edition. Now, here's Josh to let
1: you know what you'll hear next week. Take a look at the clock and come back next Friday when Pastor Daniel connects with Caleb Kaltenbach about his new book, Messy Truth, How to Foster Community Without Sacrificing Conviction. Caleb will share his desire to help people cultivate empathy in their interactions while holding fast to the truth found in God's Word. Well, that's all the time we have for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today and be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.